Amen. Here we come. Here we come. Alive and living again. Alive and living. Alive and living because Jesus lives in us. Alive and living because Christ has risen from the dead. Glory be to God. Thank you for joining us, Dominion Sonship Life, today. And um, I have a big message. Uh, every Sunday feels like a big message. It really is from my meditations, from that which God is impressing me in, in my abiding in the Word of God. It's really the, the, that which the Lord laid on my heart that I believe dominion sonship is about is the unveiling of the sons of God, the unveiling of, can I say, the brothers of Jesus, the unveiling of the Christ nature within us. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. And I have, I have a few portions of scripture that about four verses long. I, I just wanted to read a bit more of a context with the verse that I was impressed to read, to, to place it in the context of the verses around us. So, Let's just trust the Holy Spirit to impart revelation, to impart a walking of persuasion, to impart and to enable us to walk as Jesus walked. And that's my message. My message is just like Jesus, just like Jesus. Now that we are born again, now that we are new creation in Christ, we are really meant and made to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are no longer the old man. We're no longer that person that came out of our mommy's womb, so to say. But we're now born from a heavenly descent through the new birth when we receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we believed, we believed that he is the son of God, died for us. And we confessed him as Lord. We became born again. So let's uh, go to Romans chapter 8. We'll start there. It's from 26 to 30. We read, I've read this before. All of us have read Romans 8 over and over. And for many of us, it's one of our most favorite chapters in the, in the book of Romans, in the New Testament, in the Bible. Let's go to Paul's writing, what he writes. Right in the beginning of chapter 8, he talks about walking in the Spirit. And that when we walk in the Spirit, we're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, right? We are therefore no longer under the condemnation that is found in the flesh. That's Romans 8.1. And then he moves us into um, Romans 8.5 that now we don't live according to the flesh. Therefore, we don't set our minds on the things of the flesh. So take note, right after he talked about the law of the spirit of life that's found in Christ Jesus in verse 2, he then moves us into what your mind meditates, what your mind focuses on, what you think on a daily basis has a lot to do of how you live and walk out your salvation on earth, has a lot to do whether you demonstrate the life of Jesus or the carnal fallen 
fallen, frustrated life of the old man, never making it, never being satisfied, never being content, always wanting a little more, a little something, not a little, a little different. And, and many times we don't even know what exactly it is that we want in the old man, but I can tell you what it is. We want to walk in the new nature of Christ. We want to be liberated from this carnal identity. And the only way this liberation happens in my own personal moment, because I know in Christ it has already happened. I am, I am born again and I'm set free from the curse that's found in the world through my new birth. I'm rushing through. I should slow down. I've got so many verses. And the way we do it individually as members of the body of Christ, individual members, yet part of one body, the way we do it is by what we meditate. And so verse 5 in Romans 8, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds set their minds on the things of the flesh. Well, in that verse in 8.1, he said there's no condemnation who those that are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So if you want to live in condemnation, buddy, go ahead and live in your flesh. If you want to be feeling beat up, falling short again and again of the glory of God, of never quite making it, of always struggling to the day. Go ahead and be mindful of the things of the carnal mind, of the carnal world. And this is really where the militancy, the good fight of faith comes into play. This is where the mind of Christ is a mind of order, divine ordinances. The mind of Christ is a mind that is organized, organized by the word of God, line upon line organized. And so when we come daily, we're living in the last hour and it has to be a daily coming and drinking of the spirit of the living stream of the word of God. We have to daily fellowship with life himself in order to be not carnally minded, in order to renew our minds. Because verse 6 says, the carnally minded one is bound to death. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. So, you see, we are a life-giving spirit. But a life-giving spirit when we are in the spirit. The spirit of Christ is the life-giver. And now through my new birth, i got to slow down. Now through my new birth, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of life lives in me. P put your hand on your core. Put your hand on your core and say, Holy Spirit lives in me. Holy Spirit lives in me. This is so important because God is not somewhere over there, but God has taken residence in you. And from this residence of him abiding in you, he's releasing his life, not just to you, but to the others around about you. And that is how you are a life-giving spirit. But you have to set your mind on the things of the spirit. Because if you, let's back verse 6, to be carnally minded is death. 
but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So what you think on, this is the most profound, profound, profound moment of revelation that I've ever had in my life. That that which I think on and meditate on determines the course of my day and my life. And so it's not subject to the economy. It's not subject to the um, government. It's not subject to my local church or my pastor. It's not subject to my husband or my children. It's not subject to my employment. It's not subject to the bank account. It is subject to that which I think on. Life-giving spirit based on, based on that which I meditate. Ponder on, ponder. That's why Paul tells the Philippians, think on these noble things, these honest things. Think on the word of God, everything that he talked about to think on in Philippians chapter 4. You can slot the word of God in it. That is the good report of your life, that you're no longer a sinner, but you're born again, made righteous through the blood of Christ. What? That you're not going to hell, but you're heaven bound, and now you're actually living living out of the heavenly citizenship that you have here now on earth. And all of this, all of this, how you walk it out, the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, the peace of God that guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Peace is your guard. It's your rampart. It's, it's that peace is your decider. The empire of your heart. It all depends on what you think on. Whether you walk in life or in peace is dependent on your thought. And I find conversations are very telling to me regarding my own persuasion and what I believe. I, I don't have to listen to myself for more than just a split second to know exactly what I've been thinking on. It will come out, whether in conversation with my husband, my children, my peers, it, it, it will come out. Complaining, disgruntledness, uh, not enough. But when you are spiritually minded, you know one thing, if God before you, hey, who can be against you? He who raised Jesus from the dead has raised us together with him. The resurrector lives in you and in me. His love is ever abiding in me. I am of God. And now Ephesians 1 says that I now live before him in love, that I am the accepted in the beloved. I was snatched out of the kingdom of darkness and I'm in a brand new kingdom. Say what? You're in a brand new kingdom where there's no lack, where there's no fear, there's no trepidation, there's no intimidation. The kingdom of God is righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so you know what? You can cheer up and say, ha, 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 if God be for me, if God be for me, and he is for me. And so we're trying to make our way to Romans 8.28. We're, we're making good progress, praise God. And so it's important 
And maybe that's what you hear me say all the time. That's definitely what my family hears me say all the time. But this, this revelation of that which you think on, as a man thinks, so is he. That you are, you are a producer of your thought. Can I say that? Or that thoughts are producing for your life. Thoughts are producing for your life. What is man? The concept of man, that God created man and woman, of course, when I say man, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about gender. In Christ, there's no gender. But this creation, of course, I'm a female, my husband is a man. But, but what is man that God made him in the image, in the likeness of himself, creator, life giver, dominion, dominion exerciser, a procreator, man. And when we realize that in us, in us, is such divine mystery. Now, when we're born again, Christ in us is the hope of glory. But man has an ability to create, whether life or destruction. And that which you think on, even as a born-again child of God, even as a born-again child of God, though Jesus lives in you, you can actually create major destruction depending on that which you think on. And so it's time to take inventory, inventory, inventory. In verse, so verse 8 says, those that are in the flesh cannot please God. So not only are you bound to to death when you're in the flesh, walking in condemnation, you're in total displeasure to your loving heavenly Father. And it's a thought away. Think about it. It's just a thought away. A thought away whether you live in the spirit, which is life and peace, or in death. Whether you live in condemnation or the very uh, reality of the love of God, that before him you're blameless, before your heavenly father you're above reproach. Whether you are life giver or destroyer in your actions, it's all thought based. So a happy thought produces a happy life, as simple as that. As simple as that. And we please God when we live in in the life in the spirit. Verse 9, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If you're born again, your portion, your dwelling place is in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. And so then we go further down, verse 16 that the Spirit bears witness within our own spirit that we're the children of God. And right around about there in um, just the verse above 14, as many of us that are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons, the mature ones of God. And then in 18 on to um, 21, in, in 22, then Paul writes from this moment of revelation that now, 
is important what I think on and what I think on puts me in the spirit and in the spirit I'm walking as a son of God and I'm, when I'm walking as a son of God you come to the next portion of scripture from 18 to 22 and all of creation is waiting to see the manifestation of your sonship of your love dominion of your love thoughts because the way you think, the Christ mindset is a liberator from the curse to all creation. Liberating from the corruption that's found in the world. That's why it's so important to hear the right teaching, to have the word wash you again and again and again. Because everyone around you is waiting on a manifestation of the glory of God through you. And so now we come into 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. We've not been left as orphans. We have the Holy Spirit that when we go off in our mind, we'll get checked. Okay, time, time to shift focus, Desi. Time, humble yourself, Desi. Don't be arrogant. Humble yourself. Don't go in an arrogant thought process. Don't esteem yourself higher than another. You have to rein yourself in. And as you allow the Holy Ghost to communicate truth, you're allowing him to transform you so you'll be a lot more quicker, a lot more, a lot more um, expert, expert-like, proficient to be able to shift the focus and back into the spirit you are. And so the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and brings us into the prayer of the, of the prayer moment that he's, he's making intercession for us, for the saints, according to the will of God. And then verse 28, for we know that all things work together. All things, as we've walked this out, Romans 8, when you are in the spirit where there's life and peace, when you're walking with the Holy Ghost and intercession is happening according to the will of God, all things then, all things work together for good to those who love God and a call to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined what? To be conformed to the image of his son, just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. To be just like Jesus. Have you thought about it? <laughs> that you're made to be conformed? That not only are you made and predestined to be right now for a time such as now and this Esther moment that we're in in the body of Christ, but really this Esther moment is a conformity to the Christ nature fully and completely. predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Colossians talks about that he might have the preeminence. The firstborn. The preeminence over all things. Verse 30, moreover, whom he predestined these, he also called, you're called, 
be part of this glorious kingdom. You're called to fulfill, fulfill glorious plans, plannings of God, whom he called this, he justified. Today, you're justified. Today, the blood of Christ has justified us, made righteous in his sight. Today, you're just, just like him. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. The religious mindset chokes up on these verses. <laughs> because somehow in the religious mindset, someone's always trying to figure out how to be better. How they're just not better yet. How they just haven't changed yet. How, how they keep falling short of everything that, that's pertaining to God and his word. But the word says we've been justified. The word says he became sin that I might be made his righteousness through the finished work of the cross. I want to look at the Strong's Greek Concordance, verse 29. It's so beautiful. For those God foreknew, and that word foreknew is to know beforehand. God knew you beforehand and he loved you. He knew you and made the decision for you to be born because you were given pleasure. Just the way you are. And to place you in his body, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to give you the Holy Spirit to bring forth conformity to his Son. The very glory of God that his Son is. He foreknew you to know he knew us beforehand. <laughs> he foresaw us. He saw us before. Think about it. And loved us. And loved us. So how are you going to mess it up now? Oh, God, I wish I was never born. Repent of that. Repent. Repent. God wants you to be born exactly when you were born. He also predestined. So the one he foresaw, the one he knew beforehand, he also predestined, and that is to foreordain, predetermine. This is beautiful. Mark out beforehand. You've been marked out beforehand. The marking is Jesus. She's mine. He is mine. Forever they will be mine. Think about it. You know, when we... It, Conceive a child and, 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 and give birth to a child as, as, a, as a mom I'm talking now, then, then there's something so beautiful. And yet you know that no matter how much you plan to do that, or that God was in that moment. And so how much more God now from his standpoint, he actually planned us. It, it didn't just happen. He predetermined us and he predestined us. He marked us out beforehand. The Another word for this word predestined to limit in advance. Do you know you're limited to be like Jesus? To limit in advance. To predetermine. You've been predetermined. People like, I feel limited. Yeah, to Jesus. If you're born again, 
How broad and how wide and how full of love and life is that? Eternity at hand. You've been predetermined to be just like him. And the next word is he predestined us to be conformed to. And this is the word I wanted to look at, conformed to to be conformed to the image of Jesus, right? So that word conformed is to be similar, to be joined together, to be formed, to be similar to Jesus, just like Jesus, to be conformed. That word is... uh, (laughs) The word study of that word, it's 4832. I won't even try to pronounce it properly. It means to be conformed by shaping the same inner essence identity. We have the same inner essence as Jesus. We have the same identity as Jesus. Do you think about this? Well, you should. You should, because that's why you were brought into this world. If you want to know the will of God, what's the will of God? How do I know the will of God? I've often and always, I come to Romans 8.29, tells me the will of God. It is to be conformed to his son. That's why, that's why Jeremiah says that God says he knows the plans that he's got for us. They're good plans. Do you know why? Because we are to be conformed to the goodness of his son. (laughs) Sharing the same inner essence, the same identity, the same form, showing similar behavior from having the same essential nature. We have the very nature of Christ. I remember this is many, many years back. And I was big on confessions, and I, I, I still am big on confession, confessing the word of God. I'm a lot m- m- more yielded to the lead in the confession of the word of God, of course. But it's very important to confess the word of God over our lives. And I remember coming to, um, I thought, okay, I need to be more lovely. I need to be more loving. I need to be more this. I need to be more that. I'm not, I woke up this morning. I was disgruntled again with the family. Uh, I'm not very gentle with my husband. I'm not very kind. Just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And so I, 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 I thought, you know, I'm going to do and, it was a season, a group of us, we were doing this confession from 1 Corinthians 13, starting from chapter 4. Love suffers long. So I'm like, okay, I, I suffer long. Okay, I'm kind. And then by the time I get to the part of, I even the first, I'm patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. It was like, I'll just cross over. No, not patient yet. Okay, okay, all right. Next one, kind. Well, I wasn't too kind to my parents. Okay, all right, let's move on. Does not envy. All right, I don't struggle with that. Okay, pass on. Uh, love doesn't parade itself, not puffed up. And then I think, okay, I had an arrogant thought. Doesn't behave rudely. Well, uh, I come from a culture that's kind of rude, so I might be rude as well. Doesn't seek its own, not provoked. Well, Selfish ambition. I think I'm a kind of selfish. And so I'll read this and I'm in condemnation. I'm not kind. I'm not patient. 
And I remember going for a walk. And I'm like, before God, I'm just exasperated. I'm just like done. I'm like, you know, I'm confessing the word and it's just, it's not working. And God said, and so I start, I had memorized the verses. So I start again, love is patient, love is kind. This is patient, this is kind. Uh, and the Lord said, how about you stop saying that? <laughs> how about you shut up? Just stop saying that. And I was startled. And he said, you know, this is just impressions in my heart. Not so much audible, but impressions. He says, you know, when you, when you thank me and when you worship me, and you, 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 all of your heart knows that I'm good to you. Says so that's from that manner of our state of heart you confess me now. You already are in Christ patient. You already are in Christ kind. You already are in Christ not puffed up, not envious, not easily provoked. You don't think of any evil. Jesus lives in you. And I had an aha moment. <laughs> I had it. Right. I am kind because Jesus in me, he is kind. And do you know thereafter, I actually stopped confessing that to attain to it. I start moving in thanksgiving that I am. I am patient. I am kind. And right in the middle of me stumbling over patience. No, I am patient. I'm growing up in patience. I'm submitting my old carnal nature to patience. No, nope. I'm maturing in patience. I'm growing in kindness. I'm yielding to Jesus in me. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to pin my mind on those things that are above because where He is, I am, and He is good all the time. And so because of it, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm undergoing this transformation, metamorphosis. I'm, I'm being transformed from glory to glory. So I'm a lot more kinder now than I was back then. I'm a lot more gentler now than I was back then. Transformation. We are to grow up. And that is done by the Holy Spirit. I said all that to say to you what I read here about the word conformed. This Greek word conformed, 48.32, that we conform to Christ, that we share the same nature. The same nature. You are benevolent. You are generous. You are kind in Christ. He in you. That is the fruit of the Spirit. He wants to release. But a lot of this release of goodness to others depends on what you think on. Depends on what you think on. The old mindset being brought up in the world. Someone's always trying to do you wrong. Suspicious of everyone. What's in the world is stealing, killing, and destroying. Running out impoverished because of Satan. The structure of this Babylonian system. But do you know we are redeemed? 
We are far above it now. Christ is in me and now, now I can think his thoughts that if he be for me, I can't, if he be for me, I can't be robbed from. If he be for me, I can't be impoverished. If he be for me, I can't not be loved. If he be for me, I can't be running out. If he be for me, there is a plan that he is working out and it is for glory. It is for glory. It's because we have already been justified and glorified in him. Yeah, that's just the only one verse. I got a bunch of them. Maybe every week I'll go through each of those verses. I'm just going to camp here. I'm just going to camp here. Because we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In the image of his son, this divine reality of Christ in me is who everyone around about you is longing to see, wanting to see. Now, you don't take it as a demand on you. The way I had with 1 Corinthians 13. I got it. I'm walking it out. I'm trusting his lead. I will not go into condemnation and, 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 and be in the flesh. In the flesh is unkindness. In the flesh is impatience. In the flesh is parading, gloating. In the flesh is evil forbearance, foreboding. But in the spirit... I am love in the spirit, in the spirit. And all of us are walking this walk of transformation. And so we have to give each other grace. It's just how it is. We have to give, <laughs> yeah, I talk to myself and my family. We have to give each other grace. We have to allow, allow this Christ nature to really mature because it's only him that actually releases grace to another. Me of myself, I can do nothing. I can't even give grace. Me of myself is definition of foolishness, the foolishness of the world. But in Christ, I am now, and I have the mind of Christ. I have the wisdom of God. So let's finish that verse in the Greek. So we read that he... God foreknew us, he predestined us to be conformed to the image, that word image, to the image of his son. The word image is likeness, to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus, to be just like him. Likeness in stature, in profile. What is his profile? Well, his profile is your profile. His representation, his resemblance. How audacious the Holy Spirit is to communicate such boldness. And, and, and how humble Paul was to pen it, to yield to this marvelous declaration of truth divine. He, the one that was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and knew and knew and knew that though in his outer man he was perfect, and yet it counted for nothing. The image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn, so that the son be the firstborn, the eldest, the eldest, 
So we're to be just like our older brother. Among many brethren. We are the brethren. And, and in Hebrews, Hebrews, the writer says that he was not ashamed to call us brethren. Jesus is not ashamed to call you sister and brother. Think about it. Even in the, in the biggest foul up of your life, when you're in Christ, he's not ashamed of you. Because his blood has rid you of this curse of shame and guilt. But we have to believe and we have to renew our mind in what Ephesians and Colossians writes, that we are now before him, before him pure, blameless in his sight. I'll finish with Rome, uh, with um, Paul's identity and identification in Philippians 3, and I'll wrap it up here and then we'll continue thereafter. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. You know, right after he gave his accolade of who he is, who he was, sorry, in the, in the, in, in the flesh. He said, um, in, in Philippians chapter three, four, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, potentially, he said, I could boast. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. <laughs> and that's the truth. And then he says, why he more so? Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel. You see, don't acknowledge yourself after the out, outer man. If you acknowledge yourself after the outer man, you'll be like me walking the little walks on those paths and trying to confess First Corinthians 13, feeling condemned all the time. Even if you have something to gloat about in your old man, reckon it crucified. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. Think about it. He did the law and called himself blameless. I love verse 7. I, I, I want that to be my identity. For what things were gained to me, all that that was a benefit to me in my old man, these I've counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. You see, it's this knowledge that brings forth transformation. It is this conformity to Him that we now are living in life, in the freedom of love. Indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And then he qualifies it to be found in him, not having my own righteousness. How are we found in him? By me not thinking I have my own righteousness. You know, I checked the day off. Today I didn't argue with my husband. I smiled through the whole day. Today I was a good girl. Today, today I did good. I, I wasn't upset at the shopkeeper. Uh, today I did good. Self-righteousness. 
to be found in him is to solely know I'm right because of the blood of Christ. And I can't mar that blood. The blood was already shed for me. And it's cleansed me from an evil conscience forever. So now I don't struggle with sin. Now I don't want to go to the old way. Now I go from glory to glory. I'm found in the press, as Paul is going to say, he is found as well. So to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law of the do's and don't do's. You got to do this, don't do that. No, no. My flesh, I can do nothing. But that which is through faith, to be found in him and in his righteousness, which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Do you know you don't have to earn righteousness? Do you know your new identity is the very nature of Christ that is a righteous nature? Do you know your nature is not a sin nature anymore? Do you know that in Christ you're born again, born from above, you're brand new creation. Everything of the old man is dead, passed away, Paul writes to the Corinthians, gone back there. Don't turn around, look, and drag it around to remember who you used to be. That person is not valid. That person is not going to go to heaven. It's your new man, your regenerated man of God. And I think that's where a lot of us struggle. Identity. Identity. Christ. Christ. That's why I spend time in Romans 8. Christ is your identity. You are to be just like Jesus. You're actually walking it out right now to are, to be and to are. You are just like Jesus. You is just like Jesus. The righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Look at this. And the fellowship of his sufferings, dying in the flesh. Not my will, but not my will, Jesus said, but thy will be done. He learned, he learned obedience through suffering, the book of Hebrews says. Look at the other, the same word that we just read in Romans 8 is used right here again in verse 10, Philippians 3. And the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. Being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection. To live in this life of resurrection. To live it here now. And so he says in 12, not I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I'm going to lay hold, I'm going to press. And this is what this message is about. Keep pressing. Keep pressing in this transformation. But you cannot be transformed and conformed to Jesus without a conformity to his death. Conformity to his death. No longer Jesse wanting this doesn't want to do that. And on a daily basis, I have to make that decision. On a daily basis, I reign and I restrain myself. I press. Whether it feels good or it doesn't feel good, actually death never feels good. And so if I go by an outer feeling, I will be conformed to the ways of the world, which are lusts and, and pride and the, of the eyes and of the flesh, the pride of life. 
But Paul says through the cross, that world has been crucified to me and I to the world. That's Galatians 6. And so I can just keep on keeping on, but I think we've, we've, we've put a set, we've, we've come to a saturation point. And so this is where we'll stop. We'll stop right here. Keep, be, be found in the press. I'll finish with verse 12. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. It's not about being already done, uh, perfected. So don't get disappointed in his workmanship. But I press on. This is what we do. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Amen. Amen. We are done.